Hey everybody, happy Tuesday, uh, Final Four in the NHL playoffs. I've got Sean Gentili, live from Calgary. <laughs> you, don't know right? where I, you don't know where I am. Do you not like when I mention where you are? Does that make you uncomfortable? I can. We can edit all that out. You want an address? The address, like, whatever you want. Just dox me. Okay. Uh, you, you want my social security number, bro? I'll give it to you. I don't care. Get a lot of bad student debt. Do you? Bad student loans. Yeah, I thought we wiped all that out. Didn't we agree to do that? <laughs> <laughs> That's a country. <laughs> we, we could talk about that after the show. Okay. Uh, this is, of course, the American edition of the Athletic Hockey Show. Uh, we're, we only talk about the American players, American teams, never once mentioning Canada, unless we're referencing where Sean is randomly. Also... Mm-hmm. The most important thing about today's show is we have a great all-timer in American hockey, USA hockey legend, Doug Waite, to talk playoff hockey, talk some Oilers. Hopefully, you know, we'll talk to him about, uh, he's, he maybe could give some insight into what Barry Trotz is going through. Lot, lots to talk to Doug Waite about. Um, we can even bring up the Kachucks. He knows that family well. We let, you know, we, we can't go an episode episode without talking about the Kachucks <laughs> as is in the Everybody- bylaws. Everybody is two degrees removed maximum from mm-hmm. not just not just the Kachucks, but I think being on the family tree in one way or another. Oh yeah, like the I mean the Fitzgeralds are like on the first branch. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. There's, there's Fitzgeralds and Hayes and oh and that might the, be a good I, like can like it's the uh, it's what's the seven degrees of how, like how quickly can you tie yourself into the Kachuk family tree? I bet you Doug Wake could. There's oh, at the, at the minimum he has some story like about babysitting Brady when Keith was going out to get beer or something like there's some story that we can dig up. But Sean, let's start with the final four. It's it's been good as uh as down going goes round wrote. It's been a good playoff. It's been fun. We don't we can't even like complain about scheduling. Um, we have four teams. We have four teams with like exciting players. We're yeah. not even sitting here going, no, no McDavid, no, I mean, there's no Matthews, but that's fine. Like, we have, we have, like, superstars on D and goal up front. Like, it's exciting. I said that, I wrote it last night in a little little blurb for the, um for our staff third round predictions, because everybody, of course, is still predicting. I don't know if it's literally everybody, but it's close. Everybody's still predicting Tampa versus Colorado. Yes. So the so, so the question from Jake, one of our one of our NHL editors, was like, if that happens, would it be an all timer, Colorado oh, wow. versus, Colorado versus Tampa? And like on paper, like sure, why not? But I I think the overall the one of the through lines for me is that we can't go wrong with a Cup final no matchup here. I don't think for like, yes, everybody would love to see Colorado Tampa because it's, you know, mini dynasty slash actual dynasty, <laughs> right? Versus right. versus the up and coming team sort of that that finally broke through and star power would be unbelievable. Like there's plenty of reasons to love Colorado versus Tampa. Just but it's built mainly around the quality of those two teams. But everything else, like Pick one out of the hat. Pick one. Out of, yeah. Like, would any would anybody be upset if we got Rangers Oilers here? No, of course, of course not. No, there, and that's the benefit. <laughs> that's the benefit of having 
Connor McDavid involved too. Cause yeah. like, he, cause you, you can throw him against whoever and, and it's going to be, it's going to be compelling TV. So yeah, we, you know, Colorado Tampa is an all timer who, who knows? Let's, maybe we'll see but i'm i'm happier just that there's no duds because those do exist we've all lived we've all lived through it whether it's been the actual matchup that's that, that's taken place yes or, or the one that's on paper in the finals where you're like oh boy i hope that doesn't happen yeah if this team sneaks through it's gonna uh-huh. be a disaster and for we're ratings not, or whatever or, or, or ratings or 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 content in general <laughs> like, yeah like yeah. we we've all we've all had those right where you cross your fingers and hope that for for work-related purposes that team x doesn't doesn't sneak through but that's not where we're at this time at least so i i mean we're gonna have a lot of time to talk about these teams um i i do want to see if you wanted to uh bury carolina any further we you know we watched a game last night and um not a great performance in a game seven at home by the Carolina Hurricanes. Um, what are we supposed to do with this team now, Carolina? I mean, how many times did you and I say it alone? I, I feel like it came up several times where it's like, this is their last bite at the apple before people start asking real questions about, you know, what comes next for them. I yeah. think like they're, they're in that phase of their development now where, it's it's not quite analogous to you know the Avs maybe coming into this season, but at 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 a certain point, and this happens with every team. At a certain point, teams like what teams like Carolina or whoever else they stop be, they stop being fun, they stop being scrappy. Right. That that the narrative shifts to can they actually get this done? And I think the way that series went, and all credit to Igor Shesterkin and and whatever else, right? Like he's the trump card. He's, you know, the the equalizer. So there's no shame in failing to beat him. But they also just they also just blew they they blew the series just just because yeah. of the way it shook out, right? Two O leads are two. Like I'm sorry, I don't care if you're playing Igor Shesterkin or. <laughs> Or Gump Worsley or Patrick Waugh or whoever <laughs> right. else. Pick pick some goalie from the past. If you were up 2-0 on somebody, you should beat them. And they did. Yep. So what are you doing? Are you what's what's your gut reaction that needs to be done in Carolina? It's not the coach. Like we like the coach. It's I mean, obviously goaltending was has been a bit of an issue there. I guess I don't know if I really want to crush Antiranta for the way he played down yeah. the stretch. He was he was he was really good. He's why they beat Boston. Like he 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 more than anything else is is the reason they beat the Boston Bruins. And you look at the way they lost those games down the stretch, and I'm and I know I was having fun on the on on Twitter with this because I, I said this during the course of the regular season. I raised the question very very gently. <laughs> I didn't. I guess I didn't realize. So d- d- this is the backstory. Like yeah. Carolina fans have been riding Sean because he mentioned somewhere along the Litway in po- in power rankings or whatever mm-hmm. that he questioned Carolina's depth, and that became a bit of a thing. I don't think I'd ever seen. I, I just took it. I never saw the actual text until you tweeted it out yesterday. It couldn't have been a more like tepid, measured. It's it, 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 it's it, almost it, bad writing. It was like, hey, folks, look, maybe this isn't an issue at all. 
I'm, I'm willing it, to concede it, I'm wrong here. Oh, I just was, want to slightly raise the possibility perhaps, that potentially, perhaps maybe it was so couched it was and you were ca- like, oh, it I was thought ca- you were like railing on him based on the response. No, no. And, and, Siv, and Siv did me dirty on that one because she, <laughs> she, she published an overnight column where she made fun of me and Dom in the lead. As, as um, one does. Well, what are you going to do? <laughs> those, yeah. are the, those, are the, those are the breaks of the game, I suppose. But, it, it, I mean, people were pissed in the comments go, yeah. going into that. It was a thing where it was like we published on a Friday. They had a good game on a Saturday where they scored, you know, where it was a Saturday night and they scored five goals or something. So, it turned into this like people were mad. And, yeah. and it is it is so funny going back and reading this. I said, here, here's the actual text actually. I was trying to figure out why I'm slightly, slightly, I set it off with M dashes and everything. Exclamation point. Slightly cold on the Hurricanes. And I think it comes down to scoring depth. Everyone everyone loves Ajo, Teravainen, and Sveshnikov. But they probably need a bit more consistent help if they want to make a true run. I mean, pretty prescient, Sean. Yeah, but like how many more adjectives can I throw in there, honestly? Did you say slightly twice? I emphasize slightly deliberately. Yeah. A bit more consistent help. True run. Those are three just like weasel word, like gutless kind of ways to couch it. And I wish I would have, my only regret in all of this is that I wish I would have come out harder. I wish I said, these guys are, yeah. these guys are going down unless they can find an, another consistent scoring threat. I was already proven right because they went out and traded for Max Domi, who comes through in game seven against Boston. Yeah. If they don't go out and get if they don't go out and get Max Domi, they're home in the first round. And then they score six times and four losses. I mean And that Max Domi trade like came late in the deadline. Like, that was like a almost like an <laughs> I mean, afterthought. Nobody was saying it, well, it, Carolina it did been. it. It should have yeah, been. Yeah. Like who really yeah. cares about Max Domi? But like he's why they got out of the first round. And now you're looking at them and they're and they lose four games where they score six six goals total in yeah. the four losses. I don't care. I don't care if it's Igor Shesterkin. Like it it was a concern. It should have been a concern. I should have been harder in my original take. And if anybody out there who's a Canes fan who was crying in the comments and annoying me on Twitter for the last six months, if you guys want to apologize, you know where to find me. <laughs> And that, of course, is Calgary. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> or maybe there's not. No way, there's no way to say where I am right now. Um, One, go ahead. You know where I, you know you where I am, go? actually? Where? I'm, at, I'm at Pierce Cottage. One, one, of two, two, you Boogie Boogie Avenue. Yep. Because it's, it's, it's uh, it, cottage it's season, o- everybody. It's open early. It, it's, it's not early. It, uh, it opened on Queen Victoria Day or whatever that oh, was God, last week. Yeah. Um, let's talk about the Rangers because uh, – I I did. I enjoyed like Dom, whatever Dom's tweet about them going fourteen and one against backup goalies or whatever. <laughs> um, not wrong, but you know, Shesterkin finding his way has been. You know, they're good. I, I want to be the first person to congratulate you on Chris Kreider playing in a Eastern <laughs> Chris, Conference. Chris final. Kreider, my younger brother, your, your little kid, your little bro, <laughs> to the Eastern Conference final. He, uh, I mean, you've been talking about the season he's had and how underappreciated. Somehow in New York, in, you know, somebody putting up a, a monster season has been. Kreider had a great year and then just shows up, shows up in the biggest way in Game 7. That second goal, I mean, just um, 
It was amazing. It wasn't like a tip. I mean, not that any goals are easier than other. Like this is a guy that just like pounced on a moment and and just iced a win. It, you know. And if you wanted to feel old, all the stats that came up after about like how many career oh playoff goals he has those are, in those game are, seven those are goals. horrifying, horrifying. Because oh like we were both we were both on the series when they brought him up. Yeah, like that was against the de- the Devils, maybe. I feel I like who knows. doesn't matter, but doesn't matter. I yeah. I remember both of both of us were there. Yeah, <laughs> it's like yeah. Chris Kreider, the grand old man of of Met- of Metro Division hockey, like. Jesus Christ. Um I mean, yeah, this is this is another another dub for me, honestly. I'm I'm on a I'm on a winning streak here. Kreider, um, Canes go down. I would read at this point a ten thousand word story on Jacob Truba. He has become mm-hmm. such an interesting person. Um he's always kind of been on the periphery of the news, the trade requests mm-hmm. and, you know, always up to something then disappears for a while after settling in New York. And now he's become, if they continue this run, he's already mm-hmm. like hated in Pittsburgh, disliked in Carolina. Um, if, if this continues into a Stanley cup final run, he's going to become the game's biggest villain. Who's if he's not yeah. already. It, it's, it is, it's wild. Um, it's not his fault. Like I, I to to an extent, I, I think the re- I think the anger there is that he's he's you know involved with all these borderline hits, not getting punished really for any of them. Yeah, which is that's a problem of the system and not the player. Like if if you're con- if this stuff continually happens and you're not actually and you're not actually dinged for it, then can you blame? I think that's the interesting question. Like, can you blame the individual player when the systematic stuff doesn't actually, doesn't actually, you know, punish them for, any, nope. for anything like no. this? No. Like, what's I, I motivating don't. him to change anything? Nothing. There's no, there, there's no reason. It's working great. It's working. <laughs> it's been, it's been great <laughs> what, 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 hey, hey, what happened? What happened yesterday? <laughs> <laughs> it, it worked. Um, so now we go from them playing backups to them playing the best goalie of the last decade or whatever we want to call Andre Vasilevsky. Mm-hmm. Who is is you know riding some ridiculous shutout streak? Um, the like after just, after the set, it's something happened to him at the second intermission of Game Six against Toronto. Yeah, that's like when that's when the light bulb went off, and now he's at <laughs> nine seventy in his last in his last. He how, just decided I'm not losing. Never mind. Ever actually. again, you guys, they, you guys, you guys had your chance mm-hmm. to 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 Toronto, and that was and that was that. So, best goalie of the last decade versus the best goalie of the season. It's I love this. Like now, I mean, oh, not that we don't find anything about the Rangers, but now we find out about the Rangers. Yeah, man, Louis Domingue ain't walking through that door. <laughs> not, this is this is a different situation. Like yeah. we'll we'll see we'll see how how all those all those intermittent issues that have cropped up for them, like the. The, stre- the streaky five on five stuff, whatever, getting getting outshot in most games, that that flies when you're when you're going against an AHL guy, right? And it, and I guess it worked down the stretch against against Ranta, but this is a this is a horse of a different color. So yeah, that, and that's and that's and that's storyline one for that series, right? Yeah. Is, is, yeah. is 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 Vasilevsky versus versus Shesterkin. Like that's that's the no doubt lockdown. If you if you if you wanted to give somebody one reason to watch that series, you're like these are the two these are two of the 
most interesting, you know, effective goalies on earth right now. It's been, it's been fun. And every playoff run, a player emerges that everyone falls in love with. I feel like Ryan Lindgren has become that guy with the red, like watching him block. Uh, there was, there was a moment in that game yesterday where Ray Ferraro goes, no one gave Ryan the memo. They were up four goals or whatever, <laughs> you know, just out there, just laying out. I'm just glad, I'm just glad he didn't end up, he didn't end up leaving the game again. There was that stretch in the Pittsburgh series where it was like, I feel like it was every other game. It's like, oh, Lindgren's Lindgren's gone to the gone to the dressing room. and got hit in the face with another puck. It was like it was <laughs> a it was a it was a black knight situation where it's like oh it's just a just it's just a, it's just a flesh wound. The arms falling off, the legs falling off. Yeah, I mean, it's he's he's that's why we watch. I think in a lot of ways yeah. we don't need to we, we don't need to obsess over how good Ryan Lindgren has played or, or or not played. The fact that he's in there at all and having this happen to him continually and, and putting himself in harm's way is. That's why that's 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 the fun. Um, all right, let's take a quick break and get to Doug Waite. Excited to talk to him. There's a ton to ha- to chat about here. Um, we will be right back. We are now thrilled to be joined by Doug Waite, who's now working uh, doing work with the NHL Network. But of course, you know him as an American legend um, in hockey, which is why he always has an open invite. On the show, Doug. First of all, thanks for doing this. Oh, my pleasure, man. Love um, as we, yeah, we're excited. Like it's such a fun time of year, and we were just talking about how like these four teams that are remaining. Like we were just saying, you could pull it out of a hat, and there's not a Cup final you wouldn't be excited about. Like that's not always the case. Mm-hmm. It, 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 like there's there's reasons to be excited about all of it, and so l- let's just start there. When when you look at these four teams. Which one were you? Are you like, man? I'm glad this team is getting this opportunity, or you're excited to watch how they perform in the, on this stage? Actually, all four. I mean, yeah. you hit it on the head. Obviously, coming out of the West, you know, it's either Nathan or, or Connor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, two stars that really kind of have changed our game, evolved our game, and speed, power, and, and Connor's really taken it to a new level on all all aspects of. The few people that said maybe the McKinnon, you'd start a team with McKinnon before him, I think have to, have to be changing back a little bit because <laughs> Connor's playing physical. He's playing all, you know, the whole 200 feet. He's working and he's really leading this team as well as Nathan is doing the same. But, uh, storylines of Mike Smith or Kemper, the, I mean, the defense, uh, like you, I peeked in and you guys were talking about Kale, uh, He's doing a lot of things on D that uh, haven't been seen, you know, uh, with his skating ability. Although our boy Adam Fox on the other side's uh, looking at 18 or 19 points. He's uh, he's doing some incredible things as well. And on the East, I mean, you guys were talking about the fact that we got a team that's won 10 straight series uh, in this day and age. And I don't think – I give them a lot of credit. I think Coop's a great coach. I think their, their group is uh, nails – uh, every time they need a big effort, obviously Bassey is, is nails in the, in the, in the crease, but they just know how to step up at the big times. And it's been, you know, incredible over, you know, you win a cup without Steven Stamkos and now you're, you're sweeping the Florida Panthers, 120 point team without grade point. It just doesn't yeah. make sense. Mm-hmm. And, it doesn't. And when do they get tired? So, you know, you don't talk enough about it. There is a caveat in that as far as on the, on the management side and it's an incredible uh, advantage they've taken care of is, is the state tax. And I think it's, it's worth talking about when you got guys 
make an 8.5, which is like 11. And you got guys in Toronto that make 11, which is like 10. And it's, it's tough. It's tough to compete, especially when you're, you know, COVID has kind of capped us a bit for a few mm-hmm. years in, in a, in a moment where three years back, management's making moves thinking we're going to lift six, seven, eight oh, percent. And, and it doesn't happen. So, uh, but no, all great stories. And, uh, you know, it's tough to see Carolina go down my boys, uh, but they just ran out of gas. I felt like they were a little flat in, in actually both series. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, they just ran out of gas, had some injuries and, uh, just couldn't do it. Yeah. Were there, I mean, we, we can, we can talk, well, of course we can talk about, th- about the hurricanes. Were there red flags in that, in that series against Boston? Like, I, I don't, I, w- I wasn't sure how I felt about them coming out of that one, like, like personally, but it, it felt something felt off with, with, with the way they were playing. Yeah, it's on. strange. It's strange. And, you know, you talk about stats and everything else. I, I'm more of a field guy, but they did have 25 road wins on the mm-hmm. year. And they were a, a joy to watch yeah. fast. Uh, I did feel a little, uh, I waved a little bit going in uh, because of the amount of penalties they took. I didn't understand it for that mm-hmm. team, a team that skates that well, uh, that really defends well. I think they were. Uh, them and the Rangers with a one and two goals against. I mean, um, it doesn't kind of make sense. Usually, if you have a bigger, slower D, or you have a you know a slower set of forwards, you're going to take a lot of hooking penalties. You're going to get a lot of, uh, or if you're a big brute, and mm-hmm. they're neither. So uh, that was something that worried me. Uh, they always had a great PK, but uh, it's about timely goals in the playoffs, and, and uh, uh, it did worry me the way they played on the road in Boston. It was just almost, it was just flat, you know. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, yeah, I was uh, I was worried going into the series, and I think I picked Carolina last night. I just thought seven zero at home, mm-hmm. get one early. I did think it was imperative that they scored first, and all I said before the game was they got to score first, and you can't don't take any penalties in the first ten minutes. Just don't. <laughs> Whatever the you do, are rolling. <laughs> the one <laughs> thing, penalty, you, yeah, the one thing you don't want to do. So, I mean, pretty good, pretty good pick by me. <laughs> yeah. you know, I mean, whatever you, you were, you were right. You were right in one way. You said, okay, they definitely can't do this. Yeah. I, I, you mentioned how Connor has transformed the game and I would love to get your perspective, uh, you know, as a player and a coach that, and I don't even know how to even describe Connor McDavid. We've all, it's been done every which way, but is there anything you see in his game that you're like, I've never seen anybody else do that? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, and, and I'll I'll put myself in the same sentence only as an example. <laughs> uh, but I wasn't the fastest. I wasn't the fleetest of foot. I, I had good edges. I could cut back. But right. when I had the puck, it just did not slow me down. So mm-hmm. I could maybe look a little faster or be a little faster with the puck. I think ninety percent of the athletes are it slow. The puck slows you down, and yet I still wasn't fast. But I was able to maybe sneak up on people. Connor, I believe is the only person in the world that actually gets faster. I think his heartbeat gets so excited and he gets that puck on a stick. Yeah. I, I, I honestly think he's faster. If you gave him that fastest skater at the all-star game and gave him a puck, he'd probably be a second faster. And it's incredible. It the incredible. things he can do at high speed, not only with his stick and his feet cutting back, uh, you know, the, the movie made when the puck came off the wall and he threw it through his legs against Calgary. And he ended up giving the backhand pass across the cane for that goal. He's doing that at Mach 1, and it's just incredible. But <laughs> he also has the astute ability to be one of the greatest passers in vision 
Like he sees everybody and he almost does two more cutbacks to set up more room for his player. You know, Brian Leach, I played with him in New York when I was young and he always used to say, it's not about who can, the greatest pastors aren't the guys that can sauce it through a stick or do that. They just give people the puck in a great spot and they create room for everybody and they know where they want it to be most comfortable. Not everybody's as good as Connor. Yeah. So we want to make them as he's always thinking like that. I see him looking, you know, he probably doesn't even realize it because he sees the game that way, but he creates so much for so many people. Uh, there's really nobody as valuable. And I've mm. seen in, in my, uh, my time, you know, since Wayne and Mario, uh, you know, Bobby changed the game, mm-hmm. Mr. Orr, but uh, really it's just incredible watching him and I won't miss a shift. I love watching. How is his speed different than Nathan McKinnon's? Because it does seem like they're both like incredibly fast skaters, but Nathan, it seems like there's just a, a difference to it when you watch. Yeah, they're different vehicles. Mm. I think uh, when Nathan's pushing off, I think every time I'm watching him accelerate, I think they're going to have to fix the ice behind him, <laughs> and he's going to pull a groin because he's just so powerful. So like, strong. Mm-hmm. Just like, yes. And it's, just, and it's still, it's crazy because it's not as smooth, but it's smooth. It's mm. so powerful. And Connor is just like, geez, he's just on top of the ice. Yes. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, it's definitely a different look, but uh, a lot of the same, same results right. for the D men. <laughs> right. right. Um, I, I, I wanted to touch on something you m- mentioned about Tampa um, because, it, you know, whenever we talk about dynasty and the, potential of them being a dynasty we do it always has a caveat of yeah they, they, they're a dynasty in the cap era and there are a lot of factors that go into that and you mentioned you know you do get players at a discount i, I think it probably you know it was stamkos it was headman that that capped essentially what you know you there was kind of this this internal cap on some level when hey these guys are willing to do it what you know Braden. yeah mm-hmm. Braden point um and then you know i think that comes in other forms with with how Julian Brisebois has built that team or acquired players. And it's so clear cap is at the outset of every acquisition, right? It's, it's getting these young players on the cheap and paying a premium starting with the Goodrow deal, you know, that, that you really saw it there. I think it's changed the way teams think about building teams on some level or have to in the cap era. I a hundred percent agree. And let me step back because yeah. I, I, I kind of came off. I don't, it's what they're doing is incredible. Yeah. yeah. The, from their organization to the, to the, uh, the people they drafted from when Steve was there mm-hmm. uh, to what uh, Julian's doing now is awesome. You lose one of your most important lines, and you lose all three guys, mm-hmm. and they go out and you, you find you pluck Corey Perry, you re-sign Maroon, you 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 go get Hagel, you get everything they do, and just formulates. And and you got to mm-hmm. give the coaching staff and the yes. team, the leaders, credit as well uh, because you guys are in Toronto, like. You, you gotta, you gotta formulate a team and you gotta be able to bring people with you. Uh, and they do that. Uh, so everyone deserves credit. Julian deserves credit. I'm not trying to take away from what they're achieving at all, mm. but it is a, it's an issue. Uh, yeah. mm-hmm. when you're talking, you know, it's not a luxury tax option. It's not a, like you have an $80 million payroll and if you're getting an extra 25 i mean it's a big percentage and uh it's a stars driven league as far as payment and they've done a great job of getting guys to come in uh you know a million bucks 850s they've done that and they drafted well you you homegrown you know 
uh, Anthony Sorelli and just had men, so many guys. Uh, so I can't take any credit away and I didn't mean to, I just yeah, yeah. I do think uh-huh. it's, a, it's an issue that's never mentioned. Right. And to me, uh, you know, being on both sides of the playing and then, and then in management and coaching, it, it becomes, you know, when you're talking to John Tavares, you're talking to Matthew Barzell, or you're talking to these guys and trying to get deals done. And you, you look over and, Oh, there he goes. Stamkos just had 52 goals and he signed for 8 million. And <laughs> right. you got a guy that's got 25 and he's going to get eight, five, like whatever the example. Yeah. Is. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's hard to swallow sometimes. Was that, so, I mean, you, you, you mentioned Tavares and, and, and you mentioned Barzell, like, was that, and you were you were around, especially for the for the Tavares saga, the the the, the, UF, the UFA stuff. Was that was that a top of mind thing for for you guys back then? Like the the tax the tax and the things. No, I don't think so. I was using that more as an example. I think mm-hmm. I think uh, just because those were the players that I was around. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think it just they've done a great job at taking right. advantage of it. Yeah. So that's all I'm saying. And yeah, why wouldn't you look at? You got uh, you got long arms going to the hoop like right, like why would you sit there and and do it like sticking with Tavares he's become a bit of a um you know as everyone dissects the Leafs in Toronto uh, you know him well you you've seen how like where his game is at now there's people that are like essentially saying that like that we're at a point now where that signing is become a disadvantage for the Leafs on some level where like. Where is his game at when you watch him now? And, and like, what does the future hold for him as part of that in terms of his contributions? Well, so what are we talking? We're talking about a guy that, uh, I mean, I'm guessing, I think it was around 75 points, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, three goals, three assists, and seven playoff games, right where he should be in the order, behind, you know, two behind Matthews. Um, he's, a, he's a good leader. He's respected in that room, and he's a hell of a player. They, They've got him in good spots uh, as a second line center. I think it's perfect because he's playing behind one of the, you know, a sixty goal scorer in a in a, a luxury of having a real complete uh, guy with a great stick and a great. Uh, I think he's going to have a great defensive mind and and can win the selfie as well. I think he's that good, Austin. But John is very capable. He'll score you twenty five to thirty five, and uh, he leads and. He's in the right spot in the power play. Uh, he still makes some dynamic moves. I watched him cut back three times in the playoffs and set up, uh, I forget who it was in the slot for a nice goal, whether it was Riley, I forget the play. But yeah. uh, I mean, he, he's a dynamic player still. Yes, they knew that when they signed him, mm-hmm. and it's a chance you take. Uh, I'm sure Kyle and Brendan are thinking we might have a cup by now, mm-hmm. and everybody sure. would be pretty okay with paying John Tavares 11 million bucks. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So, I don't, I don't, of course, people overreact. That's what they do, uh, you know, north of the border. I yeah. mm-hmm. played there a long time, but that's because <laughs> they love the game and they love right. their team. I get it. Uh, but I think John's plenty capable of carrying his weight. And he's a great player, he's a great hockey player. He's a great kid. He's great in that room. And he didn't hurt that hockey club this year. Yes, there's differences in his game than it was five years ago. He was never a great skater. He made himself a great skater. Yeah. He committed, uh, and he still moves well. Like, he's fine. There's games where you're not going to be as fresh uh, as you get a little older and you get dung up. But I believe in the kid, and, and uh, I don't think uh, 
we talked about Toronto last night. I don't think they have to blow anything up. I thought it was a different team I, I witnessed in the playoffs this year, and they lost to a team that hasn't lost in two and a half seasons in the playoffs. Right. Uh, so in seven games at home, because yes. they had home ice. So a lot of things you can point your finger at, but you're not trading Austin. You're not trading Mitch. Uh, I wouldn't trade Nylander for 6-9 and getting 35 goals. It's, you're nope. getting a deal. Uh, you ain't trading Johnny. And what are you going to – you going to upgrade for Morgan? No. Uh, you've got a couple things you can do, and we just mentioned Breezebaugh. So let's find ways internally. You know, they're bringing in Jason Spezza, knows the league. That's a good idea. He's, he's fresh from that room. Uh, he sees guys around the league. And I think Jason Jason served a great purpose how he did. He, he was gritty. He worked hard. Uh, you could tell he changed that room a little bit as well and helped those guys. So um, you got to go get some guys that, that aren't going to hurt you financially, and you can get some help. But I think they're right there on the door. And, you know, people talk about goaltending as well, but you got – 25 teams talking about that. Right. Right. I mean, you mentioned, you, well, you, you mentioned Nylander specifically because he's, he's such a, he's such a fascinating guy to me. And part of it, part of it's the contract. I know everyone, you know, you look at pieces that could move in and out. There's, I, th- I think people jump to him first for, because he's not making 10 or, or, or 10, eight or whatever. But isn't that part of his value to that team? Is is it is it he's is he's a phenomenal he's a phenomenal player who's signed to that number? Like those are the guys that you keep, and somehow he's the one who I, when people are just like let's blow it up for 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 blowing it up sake, he's the guy who's like all right let's 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 move out. Wrong, wrong, wrong. And to me, outside of entry level deals, he's probably only behind one other guy uh, making under seven million. Right, mm-hmm. and that's Brock Nelson. Brock Nelson, I think, he's got, I think he's got a six, six two and a half, six five, and mm-hmm. he scored thirty eight goals. Mm-hmm. And and Brock, I think the world of, I think he can be a a selfie nominee as well. He's hard to play against, and he scored. I mean, he almost scored forty goals for six and a half million. It's a great deal. Yeah. Uh, but Michael's the same way, and I don't think he's a he's not a, a defensive problem. Uh, he's fast. He's Everybody got on him because he pulled up in one of the games and it's mm-hmm. just the end of the, like, yeah, do I want to see every player in the playoffs going crazy, whether it's five, nothing, but he's, he plays hard and he plays his way. And it's more of where we're going with this league. And, uh, I said it last night. I feel like the, the Oilers are changing back a mode and they're getting hungrier and they're getting out of their comfort level as a group instead of just Leon and, you know, you're just out there wasting a minute so Leon and Connor can get back out. Right. They want an identity. They want to have a part of this. And yeah. I'm sure Leon and Connor stands up and say in the room and say, you, you know, you guys get a ring too if we win. Like, <laughs> let's go. Like, come on. And they're doing it. They don't have to score. I mean, Hyman's got goals and Evander's playing great. But the rest of the group, they got to be physical. They got to make a presence. They got to let those guys know that they're coming with them. Uh, and Toronto needs that. And they saw it start this year. And to me, Michael's part of it, but I'm not in that. Yeah. My right. elevator doesn't go to that floor and that, that part of the world. But uh, <laughs> that's just my opinion outside looking in. I think they can do good things, but they need some breeze bois moves. Yeah. Yeah. I, Wait, so I is that, that so, so you did you know, going, going back to Edmonds and Calgary, like, did you see something different from that group in, in that series that, that helped them, that helped them make it out, out of that series is, is uh, in, in five there? Absolutely. I saw 
first of all, you know, I think we all know, and it's hilarious that I'm saying this, that Leon Dreisaitl has got a little injury. He's got 26 points. <laughs> I'm so, sorry about your luck. Yeah. 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 He's got, he's got as many points yeah. as the other guy. Come on. I know. But <laughs> what Connor's doing, he really, him playing physical and just all over the ice, he's been tenacious and, and uh, and it's just more emotional than he has been in the past. Uh, you just see it. And he's really brought the team and the team's decided and whether that's, uh, the coach Jay or not, like they are a different group. Uh, they're invested. They're not just wasting time and watching. Um, it's hard when you get two guys on two different lines playing 23 and a half minutes. And I, one thing I'll see, and I'm not demeaning those guys, but they are, they're off in 45, 50 seconds where it's been, I've been so sick in five years watching guys stay out for a minute, 35. And you don't, you shouldn't have 24 minutes and 19 shifts. You should have 23 minutes and 31 shifts. And the coach should say, I'll get you back out, but I need these other guys going as their line and getting over the boards and getting involved. And I think they proved that you can rip up the league and not win. Mm-hmm. Or you can rip up the league and drag guys with you, and now they're winning. And what they did to Calgary was, frankly, I didn't see it coming. Right. I did not see it nope. coming. Um, all right. But to wrap up, we did want to ask, talk about not seeing something coming. We The, the Barry Trotz what? thing on the Islanders. Was it? Yeah, yeah. Heads up. Uh, the, the Barry, we didn't see it coming. I imagine you're probably going, eh, nothing blue does surprises me. What, what was your initial reaction to that? And, and where that's headed? Where uh, I was stunned. Yeah, I was. Were you okay? Yeah. Um, then you know you sit back and you think, well, something's got to be going on. I mean, mm-hmm. Lou's a, or I mean, uh, Barry's a great coach. Yeah, he is. He's you know taking the team within one goal of the Stanley Cup final. Yeah, against the same team we talked about who just beat Toronto. I mean, they don't lose and they don't mm-hmm. lose those games, and they lost one nothing. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, a year and a half later, you know, or two years later after a COVID year, and then this year they had 13 games on the road and everybody thinks opening up a new building after 13 games, they'll be fine. That's not a new, that's not a home ice advantage. You're, you're still learning how to wear to park and uh, <laughs> you don't know the bounces. You don't know the fans like yeah. it's new for you too. So yeah. you're two and a half months into a season without feeling really comfortable. Uh, it was a tough scenario. So I was surprised, but then you got to look back and you see Lou, something's going on and people want to speculate. Maybe Matt Barzell and, uh, wasn't happy, you know, and frankly, Lou, uh, Barry has a great style and he's a great coach and the guys love him. Such a likable guy. I've had great conversations with him in the past when we coached against each other. He's just a nice, nice man and good at what he does. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, Barzi, when I coached me at 85 points, 86 points, and he hasn't had over, like, I don't know if he's had over 60 cents. Yeah. And mm-hmm. Matt Barzell should have 75 in his sleep <laughs> and be a, like, he's that gifted. Yeah. Uh, and everybody, and I'm not pointing fingers, I'm saying, right. is there a problem there? They don't score a lot. I, I don't know. Uh, could it have been a personnel decision that wasn't agreed upon? It could have been anything. And, and Lou is, Lou's Lou, you know, Lou's got his mindset and, he said some great things about Barry, and I, I just think one thing, uh, I mean, we've seen in the past, Larry Robinson, uh, like Lou is not afraid. They're, I think they were second in the league, and he fired them. Yeah. And, and, you know, so, I mean, he's going to do what he's going to do. But uh, 
Barry seemed fine with it. I think he's going to, I'm pretty sure Barry will have a job. He's going to be okay. Before I think. we get yeah. off the air here. <laughs> yeah. so, uh, if, he, if he, if he wants one, my God, he, he might just, might just hang out for a year, right? But the bad thing about Lou is it's going to suck because we're never going to find out what happened. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> you don't get that's, any news from Lou. That is in the vault. Is in, right. That's right. In someday. All right. Last thing, we did want to ask you about the Kachucks because we've enjoyed watching. It's over now, but Brady and Matt and seeing Big Walt and, you know, Chantal, the whole family. Like, we can't get enough of, of the, you know, the first family of American hockey. How much did you enjoy seeing that? And do you have any good uh, Brady and Matt? Like, did you babysit them uh, one day in, like, the 2006 or something? Well, Matthew... Brady was actually a little, little guy, but he was a sweetheart. Matthew used to beat me up. He was bigger than me when he was like five. <laughs> there we go. I had to, I had to protect <laughs> my son from Matthew. Oh, that's uh, great. But uh, yeah, they lived around the corner. We, I mean, kids grew up together, and, and uh, they grew up in the locker room, as you mm-hmm. can tell. And uh, they're just too. Uh, they're just like their dad. Like they're so distinguishable in their skating and their. Mm-hmm. You know, I used to laugh at Walt. He'd clomp around, and that puck just never – it would just somehow get to him, and he just had the greatest hands, like, without having the greatest hands. I was like, how do you do it? <laughs> but uh, he has a nose for the net. He knows the game. A really bright hockey player he was, and he taught his sons. I mean, they, they have great hockey sense. Mm-hmm. They have the tenacity that Walt had, uh, and they're great kids. And they got a great mom and a uh, great sister and great family. So I'm happy for them, and – I love watching it too. I just, you see how cheap Walt is when he won't throw his hat on the ice for his son's hat trick. It's just, I don't think we talked about that enough. That was not nearly. It was unreal. (laughs) You could see him. This is a good hat. You could see see him turn to Taryn and be like, I'm not, no, 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 no. no. It wasn't even a debate. Do you know? Do you know where that hat's from? Because I because I saw someone. I saw someone say that with a lot of material. (laughs) That's a big head. I saw someone say that it was from like some some bar in St. Louis or or whatever. Like O'Brien O'Brien's bar and grill. It was it was Butchergrass or someone was like there's like like that actually is his favorite hat. He's 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 not giving it up easily. That's awesome. That's amazing. Well, Doug, thanks for doing this. Um, it's awesome seeing you on the air and great work with the NHL Network and, and appreciate the time, as always. I appreciate it, guys. It was a lot of fun. This is the only good segment on the show. Uh, last week, as many noted, <laughs> many, many people are seeing this. Uh, dozens, dozens. <laughs> and they're si- many people are, are saying this, and Craig, they're saying it more and more. <laughs> to, quote, to quote one of our favorites. Uh, we uh, had Tuesday Boys on a Monday last week. Mm-hmm. We were doing the Victoria Day show. Um, I don't think that's right. I, I, I don't remember exactly what the holiday was. but I, I realized was I realized Day. well after the fact that that's like the equivalent of, I mean, like the calendar equivalent of Memorial Day for us because it like kind of starts the summer season and. Yeah, that stuff. <laughs> we actually said that out loud, didn't we? We were talking about cottages opening and yeah, you can I wear just, white pants. I just couldn't. I couldn't make the connection. You didn't make between, the connection until between, you were <laughs> until, grilling yesterday, and you're until, like, "Hey, this is kind of like until, an American <laughs> Victoria Day." Until yesterday, I was like, "Oh, that's what Victoria Day is." <laughs> uh, very confusing set of circumstances yesterday be, or last week because it was me and you on a Monday. We mm-hmm. were subbing for. Uh, for Ian and I guess Haley, technically. 
Mm-hmm. And then Tuesday was supposed to be <laughs> Julian and Ian subbing for us. Uh-huh. But then Ian's power went out. So, I was on with Julian. So, I think the end result was like kind of an I'm my own grandpa thing where I was I was substituting. <laughs> I was substitute hosting for, for myself. Grandpa. Is that a, all right anyways it's a it's a song well i'd like to thank max z ryan h michael k everybody michael k especially for using five z's it's It's three z's but that's okay is it three z's i believe that's what we said i think it's five z's if you're especially excited about hearing us on a monday tuesday boys and monday men says ryan h is very funny uh Connor H. says, your talk about Dallas always committing 100% to trying to field a competitive team got me wondering who should stop trying and could and commit to a rebuild. Mm-hmm. As long as Crosby and Ovi are still playing, their teams are required by law to keep it going. But should Philly keep trying? Same questions for other middling to bad teams like Columbus and the Islanders. Time mm-hmm. to separate the wheat from the chaff. And these boys are all chaff. This is a great comment from Connor. This is, that's, yes. it's, good. It's, it's good. Well right. crafted. Like Throwing yeah. some wheat and chaff. <laughs> <laughs> analogies love it uh there should be more teams tanking and i think we may i think we may see that to, to some extent next year because of connor bedard uh the only I, thing is man it if you tank it, there's no guarantee you get out of that swirl i mean we've seen these teams these ottawas and guys even Buff, buffalo and we like we believe in buffalo right now i, I would say the show I think but the days man the, you oh man be the careful how far of, you tank, folks. The days of being like, yeah, let's just try to get the first round pick for, you know. I feel like that's where we were moving at some point where it was just like, yeah, uh, let's let's be shitty no matter no matter what the draft class coming up looks yeah. like. And I think that's very done. Like, I, I think where – I think because of the cautionary tales in Buffalo and wherever else, Connor Bedard is a, <laughs> maybe a little bit of a different situation. Maybe, but you're not getting- – but. Ah, all right. I like we've been here, we've heard about Connor Bedard for for years. He's a, it seems like he's a special player. But every draft class gets talked up to some degree and there's a lot of time between now and then. Like look at what happened with Shane Wright. Last year mm-hmm. the the dude couldn't have had more shine on him, right? And now it's like is he is he are we sure take him number one? Are we sure he's going to go number 1? I mean there's there's Stuff happens, and it seems like Bedard is, you know, separated himself enough, even from the last several groups, to maybe not not kind of not not kind of hit that same that same sort of speed that same sort of speed bump. But I don't know, man. Here's what I would say: You look at the teams that are playing right now. Each had to go through it. I mean, the Oilers took again; they took forever to get come out of it. But here they are. Um, Rangers were very pointed. I was glad they gave Jeff Gordon a little bit of credit on the broadcast last night. Like, mm-hmm. the, you know, he's he acquired a lot of that roster, but that's they. I, I love how the Rangers did it. They were like, "We're ripping the Band-Aid off. We're shipping out this McDonough and whoever. We're going to send a thing to the fans." And we're then apologize to our apologize. Who, the, fan who, the fans were else. like, the smart ones were like, "No, thank you. This is good." They did it like ahead of schedule. They could have tried to eke out two more years, and now they're back. And you know, Colorado, of course, gets McKinnon with. At the top of the track, like you, you do have to go through almost like two layers of it because you have McKinnon, then you have McCarr. Just be you ready just, for like twelve years of misery. I, that's you just all. can't, and you can't do it for any one specific player. It has yeah, to be okay. a more holistic kind of uh, 
you know, dedication to it because I, because that is still the route. That's unfortunately the route across, across sports is you hit a certain point, you know, where you, where you need to tear down whatever, whatever you can tear down. And I think, I think, uh, I think Connor, this is Connor, Connor, right? Connor mentioned flyers. I think that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, the flyers are a good candidate. I would, Um, that probably is the, the most likely scenario here or the be- the best candidate to say okay <sighs> they're the best candidate i don't know how likely of a scenario it is they're talking i mean you got you got chuck fletcher talking about you know kind of rebuild on the flies or retoolings or or, or whatever yeah. and that just that just seems that seems like a mistake the flyers don't have cap space that's been the weird part of like everyone's like oh the flyers are gonna go out and throw money at nazim kadri and players players xyz uh they can't do that yet they don't have they don't have the money for it. So you're talking. So then you're talking about in Philly. They're like, can they can they dump James Van Reems? Like, can they do this? Can they do that? And it's like, what are what what exactly is going on here? Like, what are you rearranging for? Yeah. Like, what's the what's the end goal here? Other than to, you know, hopefully in two years, eke past the Islanders for the for the wild card spot coming out of that division. I, I don't I don't I don't get it. How about Nashville? Can I can I uh, nominate Nashville? And just say, hey, this, they, they, they had like they caught lightning in the bottle this year. See, you know, we had Matt Duchesne on, and we were convinced by the end. And I'm like, yeah, I kind of like the Predators. And then it's like, oh, they're not even. As we get further oh, along second. here, we're like, they're not even close. I think when you have, and I, they kind of gave us. The, I think they gave us the answer by the end of the season. Where you're, and it does it suck for them that UC Saros got hurt and basically. Yeah nuked whatever chance they have of pulling anything else off against the abs like of course but if your team hinges that dramatically on on one player then what do you what do you have in the first place but yeah you you look at where they're at with forsberg potentially leaving and yeah i I don't know blow blow it up i i think the caps are real the caps are in are in for a very interesting oh, the season capitals are a good one they're in for a very interesting season well connor already just said as long as Ovi's playing you should be required by law i mean he's he's gonna i i agree with that but i it up to a very significant point but what is going on with nicholas backstrom is he mm. gonna return at all tom wilson's having acl surgery that is a flawed roster to begin with Ovechkin's having off-season surgery. Like, I don't, I mean, they're a team who I think if they could, do, if they, if it were possible for them to just do like a one-year mini tank and try to just say like, all right, this is like, this this season's out. Yeah. Tom Wilson's going to be out for half of it. Ovechkin's coming off surgery. Backstrom, who knows what's going on, blah, blah. If there was some way for them to just like, you know, hit pause for one year, it would be, it, I, I'd be all for it. But they I don't can't. think ownership would let them. I, like, Ted no, Leonsis would not no. go for that. I, as, especially, because like in, in Ovech, I mean, because the Ovechkin yeah. goal thing now, like it's not an option, yeah. but it would be funny if it were. I suggested that coming out of the lockout when they, if you remember, they came out of the lockout, Ovechkin was struggling. They started off the year like 0 and 9 or something. I went to DC to kind of do a, what, what's going on with the Capitol story. And I remember talking to George McPhee. I'm like, hey, Perfect opportunity. You're terrible. You guys are loaded, but just just mini tank for a year. Punt. Punt on this year. Yeah. And um, get a top three. I forgot who was in the draft. And then now, now you've got like a star coming in on an entry level. And I think George, I don't, you know, I don't want to 
we were just ch- chatting from, but like the impression I got was, hey, this is a team that's always going to have the, the foot on the gas as long as Ovi's around. And they did the opposite. They traded for that was the year they traded Forsberg for Marty Erat, and so it was had they, but they won a cup. So, all right, um, I want to read these question and the answer because. Matt S. and Michael K. did the work for us. We got the question mm-hmm. and the answer, and there's, I think we can move on. Uh, Matt started by saying, appreciated your, um, Craig, your explanation about the difficulty of winning a Stanley Cup. Also good timing before Tampa grinds through uh, Florida for the sweep. Follow-up question, which is harder to win, the Stanley Cup or the Iditarod? <laughs> and as I was thinking about it, Michael K. answers, easy. The Iditarod is much, much harder. One is a sport, while yes, hard is not possibly fatal outside of being a Buffalo Sabres goalie. And the other has wolves. <laughs> Negative 50 degree Fahrenheit weather, ice that can break, and the most dangerous of all is moose, one of the deadliest animals out there in North America, hurting more people than bears and wolves combined. I don't, I don't know if any of this is true, and I don't know the moose statistics. Have but you ever seen, have you, like, for scale, have you ever seen a, a human next to a moose? No, it's it's unbelievable. I almost said the F word. I, I I haven't done that on the podcast yet. I don't think. Hey, we it don't even un- have to mark this one explicit yet until the <laughs> last is, five minutes. It is unbelievable how big those. I I don't think people grasp how gigantic moose are. Michael K says moose are huge and territorial. Um, so in the end, it is not anywhere near close to a question. The Iditarod is much harder and dangerous. How often do people die in the, in the Iditarod? Let's see. I feel like that still has to happen time to time, right? Well, the way Michael K made it sound, you're – and also, you're de- depending on dogs to get you there. Like, it's one thing to to be in control of, you know, uh, winning a hockey game. I There's lots of dead – I'll tell you what, lots of dead dogs in the, in the I did or not. It is a – it is a uh, – Much harder it, for a dog it to is win. An, it, is a, it is a humane – humane – I'm trying to think of, like, the right way to put that. Let's say humane situation nightmare. Lots of dead dogs. <laughs> nobody, oh my gosh! Nobody wants that. Okay, I'm just reading ahead. Scott T solved the uh, anthem issue. This is great for me. Did you read this one yet? I Sean? did. I, yeah, we, we'll we we'll get to that. Matt asked his other question. What's the best landing spot for Phil Kessel? Doesn't have to be realistic. Vegas, <laughs> of course. Come it's on, it's Vegas. It's Vegas. <laughs> oh, and he can just post up in the uh, Bellagio poker room <laughs> or the Aria poker need, room. He probably has we, the money to play in the yeah, Aria poker we, room. We need to. We need. We need that to happen before. Oh, be- please, before it's all over. Uh, it's, but yeah, Scott. Scott explained it. I, I saw this last week. Uh, I would like you to read it. Yeah, that's fine. Craig and I is constant back and forth over over who, um, like which of the two of us screwed up the. Uh, Canadian anthem performance worse. Scott, Scott has it nails here. I think he. This is a hundred percent. He figured it out, and, and, it, and it doesn't look good for me. Scott says, "I'm a music teacher who's taught virtually a good amount for the last several years, and I hope to put to rest the anthem controversy once and for all. It was entirely Sean's fault. Mm, preach." <laughs> because of the delays between people in Zoom, if you do a live performance, the person counting off the tempo, which was me has to either mute or ignore the other person, which is Craig, in order for the song to stay in time. Sean needed to establish and maintain a steady tempo despite what Craig did so that Craig could follow along. However, Sean kept adjusting to Craig, who kept adjusting to Sean, who, who kept adjusting to Craig, and so on, creating a vicious cycle of slowing down. 
and getting farther apart. The wow. real lesson, I mean, there's several. <laughs> there's several lessons. <laughs> the real lesson is never perform live over Zoom, but if you're going to, one person has to keep a steady tempo regardless of delays. That should have been Sean, but he didn't do that. Love the Tuesday pod. Love Sean, but it was his fault. So, I, I'll, I'll, that's fine. I wish I would have... If I had any idea that that's the way it needed to work, I would have I would have done so. But I did I did count. I was the one who was trying to adjust, and it you know whatever. It, you saw you saw what happened. the The major issue is that I mean this settles it, it right. We can never bring uh, yeah. it up again. That's I I'm I'm good with it. The, the main the main issue is that neither of us can sing. Obviously, Jack C writes, folks. Can we talk about Craig's whisper talking, Craig? At least a couple times a podcast, you trail off at the end of your sentence into an audible, inaudible mumble, which is great for a podcast. Is that host. true? How am I supposed to poke fun at you for being an idiot if I don't know what you said? Aha, Jack. Aha. Now you're, <laughs> you have you have you have, you cracked, have cracked his well. master plan. Jack, I, I, I fade off into a mumble when I decide that's not where I want to go and whatever I'm saying, and I'm going to let you figure out what I was going to say from there on out. So, I'll do it in question asking. Um, if I feel like, if I feel like I asked what I wanted to say, but I don't know how to end it, I'll just mumble and let the person jump in. It, yeah, they need, they need to start talking sometimes or else, or else it's just going to go on. <laughs> Whereas Sean will rephrase the question 40 times. Four, yeah, right. And then I'll then mumble the, my way out of it. Yeah, I'll just rephrase it again and then somehow end up at the end being like, so what's up with that? <laughs> huh? <laughs> so what's up with, what's up with that? Or it'll just, be a, it'll just be a statement where my voice raises a little bit at the end. So it sounds like a question. Uh, I don't know what I'm doing. All right. Uh, Corey Same. E says that. Now, apparently, Edmonton's going to beat Calgary. This is obviously last week. Sean, do you have your trade grades ready when Vegas acquires Kachuk, Markstrom, and Salvian for Leonard, Granger, and Canadian icon Celine Dion? Uh, yeah, uh, one yep. gets an A minus and one gets a C plus. A minus, C plus. <laughs> we know that answer. If you ever want trade grades early, let us know. Josh R., some love for Craig, wow. says you're great and work to keep Sean on track. But holy hell, Julian and Sean on the Monday, Tuesday show was an absolute gem. You'll need to have them what? come on randomly and just have Craig try to keep the show on track while Sean and Julian do whatever they desire, which is which is true. That was I'd a, be up was, for that. Like I just I just keep the trains running on time and let you and Julian. He was he was in the first chair there, so he was like he introed and got us in and out of segments and in and out of topics and stuff. He he did it. He he did it. He did an awesome job while also you know I, we were we were all over the place. It, it was it was controlled chaos. We were talking we were talking about a lot of different stuff. But Julian's Julian's the man. I had a I had a blast. I had a blast with uh, with with him on Tuesday. There's some great comments. Though. These are fun. David O writes. I'll let you take this one because it's your <laughs> bit. <laughs> David O says, "Pretty sure one one two four Boogie Woogie Avenue would be next door to eleven two two, which is of course as we all know one one two two Boogie Woogie Avenue. That is." Pierre LeBron's cottage address. Mm-hmm. 1123 or 1121 would be across the street, at least in America. I'm not sure they do things in Lake Country in Canada. Me, me neither. I've never, I've never been and probably will never go. So did I, so I, the, the implication there is that I screwed up American, American, like American housing, I like house number conventions, which sounds about right. Gen F is clarifying, of course, I don't want parents feeding their children cereal at all before sending them to school. 
Frosted mini wheats with chocolate milk is purely dessert level consumption because I I just I, I went into teacher call, mode. Call her out, whatever. It was a call. I was just saying, just don't do this. To, and, and so, thank you, Jen, for for clarifying that for me because you know not everyone just assumes that comments are about teachers or people in your family whenever they're made. Yeah, I'm reading every oh. comment is through the lens of how <laughs> does this impact me, does it impact me, me or my me family specifically. <laughs> Hey guys, don't know if I'm supposed to put in a question for the Tuesday boys here, but I have paid two troll tolls to post a question this week. There was a lot of talk about strip club sources last week, mm-hmm. which was which was a topic for Julian and I because that was coming out of the the Florida debacle with the with the Panthers and Lightning. What would people say that? What, what was your conclusion that they they know strippers? Is that what a strip club source is? Like, no, I, I I said this I said this last week. That guy Andy Slater has been a reporter in in South Florida for a long time. He does a lot of like intersection between the intersection between sports and basically crime in South Florida, mm-hmm. where there's uh, he's 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 popped up in reports for for many many years. So if anybody would have strip club sources it would be it would be Andy Slater just because of his beat in the fact that he lives in he lives in South Florida um, Jason goes I realize that Canada doesn't have dollar bills only loonies and toonies according to your sources what do Canadians <laughs> use at these clubs uh, <laughs> coins at people <laughs> just uh, yeah you're you're throwing the throwing the five dollar the blue bill I guess oh my gosh it would be like similar to the whatever the troll had like a bucket full of gold coins this is just are, are there, is, there, is there seriously not there are not paper one dollar bills in canada there's no paper money in canada at all <laughs> each it's all each, coins it's all toonies and loonies you should see, and blues. yeah they get pro- they get progressively larger though so you can see <laughs> <laughs> it seems it seems convenient up until a certain point but they have they have 20 dollar coins that are the size mm-hmm. of like the, the size of like, of like of like a, of like a clock radio <laughs> They're weirdly shaped. They stop yeah. being round. It's it's a mess. Oh my gosh. Um, good point by uh, Jason K that says, "Why do you fill on in on the Canadian holidays like we did? We pitched in on uh, Queen Victoria's birthday or whatever it was. Canadians were off for Memorial Day. Did I did I bring this up? I it was on my mind at the start of the show, and I I don't think I actually said it. But yeah, this is this is BS. Put it's Mendes to work. Put Mendez to work for God's sakes. The Sens haven't played a game in weeks. Is the Beaver the that's powering week? his electrical grid <laughs> up and running? <laughs> oh, I mean, uh, yeah, it's. Uh, I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't know how that works. Honestly, I don't know what the exchange rates like on holidays. Apparently, apparently, we get screwed on it. Um, which organization and fan base are you wishing torts on? I'm pulling for the Flyers. They all deserve each other. Um. And we saw that uh, it was it was reported that John Tortorella interviewed with the Flyers for that coaching yeah. vacancy, which is just I mean, good for good for John if he gets it. I, I don't know what that organization is doing. We talked about it before. It just doesn't. I don't know. Yeah, put him put him in Philly. Who cares? I, it makes I I love John. I think he's a good coach. It makes no sense for him to go to no. Philadelphia, and for all the reasons we stated, they, we're not trying to eke out. Like John's the guy you bring in when you're trying to maximize your roster. The Flyers aren't. That's not what they. Need. It doesn't make it, it. doesn't make sense to us. But the way they're ta- the way Fletcher and the ownership group seem to be approaching all this, it makes sense to them, which I think is probably that should be a concern. I do. I mean, we want John back in the game. I do personally. I'd like to see John Tortorella coaching somewhere next season. If it's in Philly, then 
God so be it. Uh, all right. Um, Ranger fans, I want to make sure in light of the Rangers uh, trip to the Eastern Conference Finals, make sure you listen to the Garden Faithful hosted by the great Arthur Staple, who I was exchanging texts with right before the show. Uh, I don't want to give away what he's working on, but it sounds like a really good story. Something I would want to read. Definitely going into this. So Arthur, Arthur was just inches away from getting done so quickly. (laughs) And now he's, now he's back on the job for, for Easter conference final and, about to about to turn on something something sweet. That's that's like that's that's the Arthur, that's the Arthur experience, right? He has fingers crossed and was was hoping he'd, he'd get an early yep get get an early summer, but it hasn't worked out that way. And here he is. Um, he did warn. Don't expect to hear from me from about July twentieth until ever yeah, until the first of ever <laughs> November October October eleventh or whatever. I have uh, great news, everybody. That made it this far into the podcast. If you want to hear even more of Sean <laughs> and I, even more, guess whose turn it is in the Athletic Audio Plus on Apple Podcasts for bonus content. And let me yeah. tell you, we did a great job. You know who I feel bad for, Sean? Doug Wade for having <laughs> to listen to the last like <laughs> ninety seconds of that. Who had to listen? Who, who hopped on just in time to hear Sean fumbling over the script to conclude the. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, I, he's got the he's got the subscriber code now. So yeah, no, he was he was excited. He's going to use the um, athletic <laughs> subscriber code. I'm, I'm I, actually I'm sure he's already an athletic audio plus subscriber on Apple Podcast. Uh, I do want to thank Doug for joining the show for producer Jeff um, for again lining up another great guest. I, I, I don't he's relentless in his uh, ability to give us a good show every week. So thank you to Doug and to Jeff. <laughs> And despite and despite our best efforts to sabotage Gosh, him. Gosh, we just we try to derail it every week. <laughs> At one point I'm waiting for Jeff to be like, why like, hey, I got no guests this week because wh- why why am I even doing this? <laughs> I, it'll never it'll never come. He's too, he's, too, he's too much of a pro. You can get an athletic scholar scholarship. Sure. There you go. If you go to theathletic.com slash hockey show, you can go to college for just one dollar a month for six months or subscribe to the athletic. You can get an athletic scholarship if you mm-hmm. start training really early, <laughs> work your hardest, listen, listen to your parents and your coaches, uh-huh. and you too could go, to, could go to college for free. Tomorrow, Rob Pizzo and Jesse Granger welcome Shana Goldman, the hardest working person in show business, to the Wednesday roundtable. I'm at the point now where I'm just like, I, I it, it makes me upset to hear that Shana's doing guest spots on this stuff. Like, go to sleep. Unreal. Um... And please make sure in every re- any reference to the show, of course, to use the proper hashtag. That's Tuesday Boys <laughs> with three Zs, not five. <sighs> Anything else, Sean? I don't know. Rate and review, etc. I think that's it. Smash the subscribe button. Do we have a subscribe button anywhere that people can smash? I, that's a good question. <laughs> uh, Probably you not. Can, and again, you can say whatever about us in the in the reviews as long as you mm-hmm. give us five stars. I don't, I don't care. I don't care what to say. Okay. Well, Edmonton, Colorado tonight, buddy. How about that? I'm excited. Enjoy the games, everybody. But most, most of all, Sean, enjoy the games. Thanks. 